welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. We are back for another premiere episode of The Center. This is season three. We'll be discussing episode one, part one. But since it's a new season, we do have a new cast list. So here we go. Drum roll, please. My baby boo, Matt Bomer, is on the cast playing Jamie Burns. Parisa Fitzhenley, who is also my boo, who played in Midnight, Texas. What's she been doing since Midnight, Texas? It looks like she was in Fantasy Island and My Spy. Things I don't see myself ever going to watch. And nothing else. Aw, I need to see what she's going to do later on in the future. Because I really love her. Who else do we have here? Uh, Eddie Martinez is Vic Soto. And I'm glad Harry gets a new person to bounce off of each season. Even though he gives them all the same side eye. <laughs> or not quite looking into the eye. I don't think that season two did a really good job of flushing out Harry. And why he has his personal tics. So hopefully they'll do a better job this season. And then Chris Messina as Nick Haas, a guy I would never invite into my living room. Oh, hell no! Recurring for this season is Layla Felder as Emma Hughes, Leslie Frey as Melanie, and Luke David Blum as Eli. Let's go ahead and get into the schematics of our first episode, written by Derek Simmons, directed by Andrew Bernstein premiered February 6th of 2020 and I gave this episode a 10 out of 10. It's back baby. It's back. I finally get the feeling I had in season one where I was at the end of the episode and I was like fuck I need the next one now. (laughs) So I think that having a good lead sets a precedent for you know the other characters. Like this is a good cast that I see presented in front of me and it also has characters that feel grounded in reality (laughs) i think that season two just struggled with a lot of unlikable people and then you had harry come in and i don't need the protagonist to necessarily be a hero or our lead character But I do need to be able to feel something for them. And I already have that connection to the character of Jamie. Who just seems as if he is suppressing (laughs) his true nature until Nick shows up. Excited to get into this recap. What? What? What um, town are they in? Because I need to locate me a cannabis pen just like that. That is our introduction to our character, Mr. Jamie Burns, a college professor who is popular with the students, writing letters for them uh, for reference, but encouraging them to believe in themselves. Harry's boss is retiring, we find out, and makes no qualms about the fact that he should too. You got a limp, it's been over a year since the Julian thing, you're kind of fucked up about it. 
and you're an old turd clinging on to this department. You fucking bitch, why you bully me? Everyone asking. Is the limp because he's getting old or is that still from what happened to him? I can't remember if he got injured in season two. That's how much season two is a blur of disappointment. On the train, we have Jamie spotting what looked like a familiar face seemingly intending on chasing him down when we see harry whom he passes waiting for his daughter melanie and grandson eli he drives uh, his daughter and grandson out to his new home that is isolated in the country where he's once again reminded he may need life alert she made a lot of relevant points and he wasn't trying to hear them, and i don't understand why Eli apparently has been abandoned by his father, who is apparently living his best life in England and has forgotten that he has a child in the U.S. of A. So Harry says, well, let me help. He can come out here, spend time with me. She seems a little uneasy about that. Jamie watches his meat. <laughs> that was absolutely childish and contemplates putting his hand on that fire just to see what would happen i don't know if this was a response to his wife talking or he was already just mentally falling off the wagon but i kind of feel like i've been there but uh turns out the guy that he was looking at on the train is banker bob someone who always always annoys him so nothing suspicious about that However, something suspicious does happen when the doorbell rings and he answers it. Not happy to see the man, Nick, playing delivery boy for Amazon. <laughs> Whatever was in that box, it clearly is broken now the way he tossed it aside. He tells Nick to get the hell out of there, but when Leela waddles in, now awkward introductions are made. They went to college together. But he doesn't want to catch up or have his number so that he can text him ahead of time. Then Nick kind of invites himself to dinner, but he plays it by just being civil and not leaving your doorstep until you invite him in card. He was very surprised to hear about the pregnancy. I kind of got a flashback to uh, the haunting. Oh shit, which one was it? The one I. I um it's not the haunting of hill house it's the other one <laughs> now it's gonna bother me forever but when she comes in and she's like look at this and look at you and look at this that's what i thought of when i saw that scene so at dinner he gives nothing but ominous looks over at jamie as leela explains her business of oils which was modestly successful online but now she's trying to grow in the burbs and it's not so successful as it was in brooklyn nick it's personal in a way i feel that any other sister would have been like um who the fuck is this guy like seriously who is he because he's like oh that must have been jamie's idea Poor Jamie wanting to come out here getting himself a slice of the good life. Because clearly you were working so you didn't want to move from Brooklyn. No, it was a joint decision. Yeah, sure. It was Jamie's. He claims to be when asked about his job because he tells him, knock it the fuck off. 
and she's still looking at this unfolding drama with only a hint of curiosity like girl uh but he claims to be in equity people who answer in that very vague way to what do you do for a living i immediately know that you are into crime somewhere somehow what you do is illegal i'm an llc yogi how many people have you ever met that's just i'm in equity what the fuck does that even mean harry is called out to the scene of a bad accident which mel is not too pleased about like okay you invited us up here and you just go abandon us like nobody else can take that call how the fuck did you even get the call considering how horrible the cell phone reception is but he gets to the scene of the accident and the deceased is none other than nick and we can guess who the passenger was the question is why were they going 80 miles per hour down a road that's isolated with only one person uh, owning the on the property it also shows the value of a seatbelt. i don't know why people just don't use them i work in claims so the amount of people who could have been i don't know not murdered or killed is it murder <laughs> well in this case if you cause the accident sure but i'm not sure why they feel this thing was operational when it was clearly bad when it wasn't which is why it became a law uh, Leela meets Jamie at the hospital. She was terrified because no one told her what happened or if he was okay. She heard about Nick. She says, I'm sorry. He says they were driving too fast and lost control, but that he's okay. Harry, whose father recently passed, apparently. First, we get his mama problems. Now he got daddy issues. He tried to decline on the phone, having his things shipped to him, but ends up being morally peer pressured. He was like no she's like uh are you sure and bitch don't ask me if i'm sure you know what that answer was and you knew the way i said it jamie comes to the station and can't stop staring at his hands harry starts getting suspicious of jamie's story though he admits he was drinking and not nick so things are rather hazy jamie says everything is different now and asks if harry had ever watched someone he cared about die in front of them he says once then nick replies or jamie replies when nick died it was like seeing him for the first time but can't describe what he saw in his eyes when he looked at him i'm not sure either (laughs) i don't know what's going on between these two people why is this other detective soto always staring i got my eyes on you probably like you know what no one nothing interesting ever happens in this town unless harry's involved so let me see if he pops something interesting or cops something interesting harry goes out to see the lone resident of the next 60 acres named sonia who denies knowing either man and doesn't know why they were speeding toward her house she gets a little testy with him when he sounds like he's accusing her of something but when he leaves she asks if they had any weapons like okay so is people trying to show up and kill you is there a connection jamie is helping leela at her shop since a clerk called in sick and sees nick's ghost haunting him 
then imagines his next wound was his so i bet you they did catch up and see each other leela catches him spazzing in the back room and wants to and he offers to meet her at home i'm gonna go for a jog let me clear my head leela i'm gonna need you <laughs> to be a little bit more insistent the emmy tells harry and his new partner that nick would have survived if the medics had arrived sooner dun 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 they asked what happened to his hand and that happened three days ago with a knife and he unusually did not get stitches harry and soto go look at the vehicle and find inconsistencies like the fact that nick was alive and struggling and for some reason jamie turned on the stereo the man himself goes to the scene and catches eyes with sonia harry had a chance to spend time with eli but chose to work so now wanting to make that up kind of feels like a tortured cycle to mel like let me go down have dinner with you i'll return the book like uh maybe just send it because he's sick i'm sure she doesn't want another disappointing father figure in her son's life and harry's not that very reliable despite him wanting to be harry goes to see jamie on the pretense of checking up on him and meets leela who tells him he went jogging he asks for information on nick because they can't reach his next of kin and says oh they were close friends weren't they your husband and nick but she reveals that they weren't uh, but doesn't expound sensing harry is crying back to dinner that night nick asked if jamie ever mentioned him he was definitely teasing with you know some secrets oh should i tell her should i no you shouldn't in here honey why don't you let me get your plate so you can get the fuck out of this room so i can tell him to stop fucking playing this game with me and then you see nick replying it's too easy and then a lot of whispered exchange that she witnesses and still just got the ice cream explain to me explain to me harry investigates nick's hotel room and gets a call from soto that the llc business required some serious privacy and security seeing as he carries a blackberry which is apparently easier to encrypt he finds something i used to do in high school but you used to always have like a boy's name on <laughs> it was for other things too leela's mom can't attend the birth scene as she isn't well herself and leela would end up taking care of her jamie imagines nick outside as leto talks about maybe stimulating the birth <laughs> she's like can we get something to start this labor because i'm tired of waddling right that's how i felt that's how almost every woman feels at least i i, I don't know i guess i'm surmising with that but i i feel as if i can't help but think many women are like get this shit out of me by the ninth month to get it the fuck out it's heavy it hurts i can't piss i can't sleep right i ain't had liquor in nine months let's get this shit on the road jamie imagines nick outside as i stated earlier he walks in 
places a knife to Leela's throat, and slices her neck. Run, bitch! Run! It's not great imagining killing your spouse because we know that Nick is a manifestation of, at least this is my supposition at the moment, of Jamie's own psyche. He might just be the bad part of his psyche. He reaches for her, startling her like, what the fuck? He swears he's fine. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my God. Stop fucking lying. Always lying to me. Too much. Lying so much. You know. You're making it hard for me. Baby, you. Why do people say that? I feel like clearly that's not the case. Your friend just died. Go seek some therapy. Carrie is checking out videos of Sonia and her work. She likes painting male vulnerability and painting them completely exposed. I mean, she seems like Harry's type, slightly aggressive, bullish, lives out in the backwater of nowhere, and is very content about it. Now she likes to expose male vulnerability. He likes being the subordinate, the submissive in these relationships. Just throwing that out there in the universe. We'll see what happens. Subtle hands off the phone records, which shows Jamie waited an hour to call 911. And while it's intriguing, there is no proof of ill intent. He thinks about Harry, the phone found and that the juice was turned or juice was up to 30 percent so why was the phone turned off so he offers or has soda dust for prints jamie and leela have a moment where he massages her feet she asks how close he and nick were and surmises that it was pretty close and he admits they were for about a year but then he had to cut him off as he was very self-destructive he admits he avoided catching up with him, which is why he stopped by the house. But once you let him in, he doesn't let up. And I think that is a truth within a lie, within a truth, or what do you call that? Omission. Omission. She says, I sensed an energy between you two and wondered if uh, Nick was in love with Jamie. He's like, no, nothing like that. Like, oh, come on, college, didn't you try little things? And he admits, yeah, they did try it once, but it did not work out for either of them, which he finds hot. Soto calls Harry to tell him, guess what? You're a fucking genius. The phone was wiped clean, reinforcing that Jamie is hiding something. That call service, though. Are you I have a feeling that's going to bite Harry in the ass at some point this season because you need reliable cell phone reception. Flashback. Nick tells Jamie to watch him and follow and don't say much when we get there on the drive. But Jamie says he won't do it and that he's crazy. Nick apparently was told once by Jamie there is no such thing as crazy. Nick starts speeding up when he tries to get him to stop he threatens to jump out of the car there's a brief struggle 
Jamie hits the emergency brake and the car flips over. He finds Nick pinned when he awakens. And you have Nick begging for him to call 911 as he's alive. He grabs his phone. He drops it. He tries to reach for his phone. Saying, Jamie, come on, help me out. Jamie picks up his phone and turns it off. I'm Jamie watches his friend bleed out with his friend's own response being okay. What the hell? And how is it that Harry was the only one? Well, he was in a room with him. <laughs> Maybe he just, you know, I mean, he was having a weird conversation. I'll give him that. But yeah, he sensed that, look, that man is a facade and there's something underneath and it's dark and I don't know what it is but I'm telling you this accident ain't no accident and he's absolutely right it's second degree murder but is it second degree murder or would it be manslaughter I'm not sure because he didn't really cause the accident he just didn't do he didn't act in saving a life when he should have so what was his reason for that and why were they on their way to see Sonia? These are all the questions that I have. But I'm glad we have good questions going into the season. So if you want to send feedback on our next episode, blackrockouch.gmail.com, you can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and black magic.